Thank you, Jesus, for this new day, new beginnings, all things new in the heavens and the earth. Thank you for the crystal sea flooding the second heavens. Thank you for all the sapphire sea flooding the galaxies, flooding the twelve constellations, flooding the twelve tribes of Israel, flooding the twelve stars of Revelation chapter 12, of Daniel chapter 12. 12, 12, 12, 12, 12. Amen. And it comes out of the third heaven, and it waters the second heaven, and then it rains from the sky unto the earth, through all flesh and blood on earth, completely glorified. It's the universe called Zion. In the fall, Satan and his angels took everything that's down here and split them up into seven mountains. That's the curse of the fall. Seven mountains is, in the book of Revelation, called the seven-headed beast of the horror of Babylon. People are like, into the seven mountains, you're into the horror of Babylon, seven-headed beast. You need to be into one mountain that rises as chief of all the mountains in the last days, Isaiah, it is written. You need to be into Mount Zion. <laughs> Don't ride the seven-headed beast. We have nothing to do with the horror of Babylon, nothing to do with sorcery, nothing to do with the dark magic, all of that selfishness, all of that working with the fallen angels to hurt people through their brains, twisting their brains, putting curses and spells upon their brains and upon their blood. All the works of demons. You know, a demon only works through a magic spell? Did you know it? It's called a word curse or a witchcraft prayer. Spell casting is every word out of everyone's mouth that's not from the throne of God and the Lamb in the, in the river of life. That's what magic arts are. That's what magic spells are. It's the demonic activity using selfishness at the expense of flesh and blood. That's the curse of the fall. That's what you deal with in all the poison that's in the world. All the works of the devil in the world is the poison of humanity's selfishness, humanity's idolatry, humanity's greed, humanity's lust. So, if we want to work out of the power of the river of life out of the third heaven and cleanse the sins of the angels in the second heavens, you need to be a spotless lamb. Oh, no one's spotless. That's not what my Bible says. The Bible says, come to the waters of, of the lamb and drink until you're a virgin. That's what Revelation preaches. It's in Revelation 7 and Revelation 14 that they will drink the living waters and become virgins. Mean totally pure. Amen. You get purified by drinking. You cannot be sanctified by anything else in this world. The Bible can't even sanctify you. Oh, it's, no, it's true. Only living water can sanctify you. In fact, they didn't even have Bibles the first 1,555 years of Christianity. No Bibles. For three quarters of the time, there's been a new covenant. No Bibles. Yeah, you had a scroll. You'd be lucky if your city had a scroll. That's what they had. They had a scroll. You know, you go city to city. Maybe that city has a scroll you can read. You'd be lucky if it's even in your language. So what did you have in Christianity for the first 1,500 years that there was no books? There wasn't even a printing press to the 16th century. And I'm not downgrading the worth of the Word. I read the Word. I spent 50,000 hours in the Word. I'm, I'm telling you the importance of the living waters is primary. What our problem is, is we've put all of our expectation on a dead letter and a dry letter and wondering why nothing works and we're just like dry 
and there's no promises. People are just so messed up everywhere in Christianity. I mean, the mental illness amongst Christians is severe. I say that out of love because I pastor them and disciple them and counsel them every single day of ministry. The mental illness from religion is severe. All religion is mental illness. It is. It's a dry place. There's an air pocket of the prince of the power of the air who is a religious devil in the brain. You have air in the brain. That's what mental illness is. The answer to all religious madness, all religious pride is have a drink of the living waters. Get your brain underwater. It will cure every sickness and every disease in the soul. People are messed up in the soul. Give their souls a drink. The upper pool is the realm of the soul. And the upper pool was fed by the river Gihon. Gihon means virgin. Virgin. Springs of the virgin. I tell you the truth. You can't make this stuff up. It is in the word in Genesis. It is in the word in Revelation. From Revelation to Genesis, it's always been about purity and power in virginity to manifest the river of life. God told us in the fall in Genesis how to get our heavens back from the fallen angels. Virginity. Who's done it? A few people have. There are some pure people in the world. But there's a remnant. Most people are just absolutely clueless trying to do it in the written word in, with their brain, in the flesh. Most Christianity in the world right now is not based on the springs of the waters of life. It's not based on the water courses. It's not based on living waters. It's not based on the rivers. It's not based on the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is an underwater world. Most of our Christianity is trying to do stuff in the air and in the sand amongst the snakes and the fallen angels, and that's why Christians are so paranoid. Because you're trying to do works apart from the works of Christ. The works of Christ, the gift of Christ in the Bible is called the river. God gave us the living waters through the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so we'd have access to the river again. That's the purpose of why he died. You can name it and claim it and blame it and frame it when it doesn't work in your soul because if you just believe in it without drinking it, there are going to be air pockets in your brain. You're going to be messed up. You see so many messed up situations in Christians' families and 100% of the time it's because of a lack of the living water which is a lack of understanding what the new covenant even is. Jesus said, Out of your belly will flow rivers for those who believe. Who lives out of the rivers? I mean, show me 2,000 people on planet Earth that even live out of the rivers that flow out of their belly. And these rivers go where? Into the upper pools and the lower pools. And the upper pool has been the throne of Lucifer. It's, it's the heart of the zodiac. What do you think the 12 stars are? It's the 12 constellations. Constellations are mentioned in the Bible several times. Stars are mentioned everywhere in the Bible. Yeah, I know Satan's stars fell from heaven. They corrupted the heavens. They corrupted time. They corrupted everything. No doubt about it. Sorcery has been abused in the second heavens on a level it will take eternity to fathom how bad it's been for 6,000 years. That's all true. Everything the demon's done is a million times worse than you could ever imagine towards human beings the last 6,000 years. You've grown up in hell. You've grown up in hell. That's what's wrong with the situation. 
You are dealing with death, you are dealing with hell, and the abuse of this universe by fallen angels and men and women that have partnered with fallen angels in every generation since Adam, called the seed of Cain. Oh yeah, that's what they do. That's what Cain did. Cain was of the evil one, Peter says. Cain was of his father. He chose to serve Satan as his father with his whole heart, and he got the mark of Cain on his forehead. I've even heard people defend the mark of Cain. Defend the mark of the beast. These people are so bewitched by the devil, they'll defend the mark of the beast. And I just, I get my mind blown out of how bad religious people are all the time. And it just takes so much drinking to not be continuously influenced by how demonic the situation is here. That's the only way we can continue doing this every day. It's so crazy. I mean, I when I started bringing revelation like this last year, people are telling me the mark of Cain is a good thing. People defending the seed line of Cain. Like, what kind of religious thing is this? How demon-possessed can you get and still breathe? There are two seed lines in Genesis. Those of Seth and those of Cain. Those of the woman and those of the devil. It was the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman, offspring of Eve, that crushed Satan under the foot. Amen? Now, the offspring of Cain are the ones that crushed Jesus. They're the ones that killed Jesus. The religious are the ones that killed Jesus. It was the seed of Cain in the Pharisees that murdered the Messiah, and it's the seed of Cain in religious people now that murder us, the sons of God, that treat us horribly, horribly. It's the same exact seed line working. It's the maturation of all things. So you're dealing with the seed of Cain and the seed of the woman. And what's the, the final story? What's the final result? Victory. The seed of the woman, the seed of the Messiah, the seed of Christ, born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God that cannot sin, grows up in full humility, full virginity, in the springs of the Lamb, and conquers the dry place of the seed of Cain. Cain is the seed of the fallen angels working through religious people. That's what it means to be religious, is to be of the offspring of Cain who murdered his brother because he was self-righteous. He's a religious guy. Cain was the first Pharisee. He killed Abel. They both brought sacrifice, so they're both doing religious rituals. They're both doing stuff. They're both going to church on Sunday. They're both paying tithes. Everything in the natural, exactly the same. It's true. They're dressed right. They're, they both bring their Bibles. Their Bibles are both highlighted the same. They look the same. They talk the same. Their families are, are all Christian families. This is exactly how it is. But one has inward sacrifice of the heart, and the other is only good in their brain by what they do. The sacrificial ones of the heart are the offspring of the woman. The sacrificial of the soul are the offspring of Satan himself. Those who sacrifice in the flesh, like it says in Isaiah 66, they offer swine's blood and rats as sacrifices. That's how God sees Cain's sacrifice. The sacrifice of the flesh of self-righteousness is swine's blood and rat. Truth or not, the sacrifice of the heart for the possession of the Holy Spirit is acceptable. Oh, it's a good sacrifice. Pleasing to God's nostrils intoxicating. It's a sacrifice of true love when you give someone your heart. 
when you lay down your life, your lives for your brothers and sisters when they can't understand what you're doing in the spirit, which is in the heart realm, because they're stuck in their brains. That's true love. Being misunderstood by ministering out of the spirit is true love. The more misunderstood you are for working in the heart realm, the greater your true divine love is. So there's no greater love than the sons of God. There's, I mean, the people, you look at it, and it's like it's pure spiritual works. And I'm not puffing up my balloon. I'm trying to raise up sons of God here. This ain't about me. I'm, it's about you. I want you to be in this upper pool. I want you to take your thrones in the heavens in the angelic sphere and rule as gods for a thousand years. I want your virginity and humility to be spotless like the lamb on the throne. That's the only way you take the upper pool. Gihon means springs of the virgin. Who's the virgin? And the virgin shall be with child. Jesus is a 33-year-old virgin, king of kings and lord of lords. A 33-year-old man. Have you ever met a young man in his 30s that's never lusted? Yes, you have. His name's Jesus. And he lives inside your hearts. And if you give him more territory in your hearts, you become partakers of his divine nature. Virginity is the greatest gift. It doesn't mean abstinence. I mean, obviously it does before marriage. But what it really means is the purity of God the Father's glory without spot or wrinkle. Without anything selfish. It's perfect humility that never considers self even important. All of the Lord's actions, the Lord Jesus' actions inside of us, are for the benefit of others because true maturity is benefiting others and that's how you yourself grow in the divine nature because God the Father is sacrificial. Everything the Father ever does is for others in His kingdom. He's the most selfless man there is. There's no one as selfless as God the Father, but we can become as selfless as God the Father by drinking His living waters. That's what the living waters do. They remove the soul of self. They remove the seed of Cain. They remove pride, self-righteousness, and mammon that block the flow of the living waters through the soul. Mammon is a major principality we're dealing with in the planet. It's not a minor one. It's like the main one. Jesus Christ called it the God of this world, mammon. Oh, so money's bad. No, it wasn't. Jesus had a treasurer. What's bad is that idolatry in the brain stops the flow of the living waters so the fallen angels lord over nations by idolatry. That's why it's bad. Solomon had all the money in the world and silver was counted as nothing and that was like called wisdom in the Bible. That's called wisdom. Nothing wrong with being opulently wealthy like Solomon. What's wrong is having blockages in the heart and soul that the waters of life cannot flow through. So we have like denied ourselves success and called it holiness when it's false humility and we're full of religious demons say, well, I can't have any success. I can't make money. Making money is unholy. Well, then Jesus was unholy because he had a treasure system. He had a treasure system. His seamless garment, scholars say today, was worth $100,000 in today's money. A seamless garment took three years of wages to buy. Only kings wore seamless garments. It's true. It's accurate. You can study that out. And we're like, oh, well, I, I want to be modest. What's modest about being a king and a priest? Now, modesty is okay 
you know, when you're teaching humility, but this is the culmination of the ages. This is the time we show off the new covenant and how awesome our Father is. There's 12 gold mountains in the Garden of Eden that are solid gold, bigger than Mount Everest, with eagles flying over the gold mountains. There's nothing modest about God the Father. Now, He's perfect humility, and He works to remove idolatry, but what happens when the idolatry is removed out of you? The Bible says, Seek first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. He's not denying you riches. He's not denying you success and victory in the marketplace and total conquering of the seas of trading. He's denying idolatry and the blockage of the flowing of the living waters, and that's quintessential for success as a member of the tribes of Israel. I tell you the truth, God's releasing the diamond-level favor of the Jews of the stores of the windows of heaven today. You need to understand this. The Jews have the favor and the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they use it. They control every bank in the planet, and they control the diamond and the jewelry industry. 4% of America's population controls 40% of its money, including owning all the central banks in the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What's wrong with this equation is how religious the Christians are to not tap into these storehouses in the heavens and receive their inheritance as the sons and daughters of God to drive the Jews to jealousy as the true offspring of the Holy Spirit so that people can actually believe in Jesus by being blessed. We are so poverty-set-minded. I'm not talking about greed. I'm talking about Bible. I'm talking about Solomon. I'm talking about Jesus in Revelation chapter 5 where it says all riches belong to the Lamb. Have you ever read that? We read it all the time. All power, honor, glory, wisdom, might, virtue, all of it, and riches belong to the Lamb. What? Yeah, money. It says all money belongs to Jesus. Are you a member of the body of Jesus? Why don't you have the same level of wealth as the Jews? Because you don't believe in it. Because you've forfeited that whole realm of the storehouses of the second heavens. It's called the treasury of the heavens, the windows of the heavens. It's written in Malachi. It's written in several places of the Bible that the riches are in the heavens. And it has to flow through the living waters in the upper pool of the souls. That's why 666 mark of the beast is on the foreheads because there's religious blockages from the flowing of economic wealth and buying power in people's mindsets because they're taught religiously. You have to undo that religion in your mind for the waters to flow through your souls. People are I mean, I'm telling you, the priests receive the tithe. The water temple will receive billions of dollars. There's no begging here. Once you understand what the upper pool is, it's the rulership of this world. This is where the throne of Satan has been for 6,000 years, and we've conquered it. I tell you the truth. I don't lie to you people. Even though it sounds like far-fetched stuff, we're telling you accurately in the Spirit for years and years and years, what's going on? And almost nobody believes us because it's so mystical. But it's just, it's really written in the Word and fulfilled now, predestined for ordained by the sons of God. And people think we're prideful when we're obedient to our Father, taking the realms of our inheritance. 
So we have to come out of all this pride. This is actual humility, is recognizing your divinity in Christ. Recognizing who you are in Christ is true humility. Moses was the most humble man who ever lived, that's what the Bible says, and at 120, he had stopped aging. Humility overcomes death. Pride is what ages you. And pride starts in the root of your heart. And so you need your virginity restored by the virgin springs of the Lamb to remove the pride that removes death from your hearts and minds. That's how you get your youth renewed like the eagle, as humbling yourself. Humility is eternity. God is humble. The Lamb is humble. There's no one more humble than Jesus. He's perfect humility. Humility is the root of eternal life. Humility is the root of the glory of God. Humility is the root of our rule and reign. Humility is the key to accessing all of these realms in the heavens. That's how Moses was the most spiritual, powerful man in the world. You you know, he says he's perfectly humble because Jesus Christ had burned through his whole brain and heart. He had known the Lord Jesus face to face for so many years that there was nothing left in him except God. That's called humility. But yet he's the most powerful man on the planet. He's split in the Red Sea. He's doing the craziest signs and wonders of all time. He's the man of God. He's one with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from an external relationship with God. We have an internal relationship with God in the New Covenant, and the same power that was in Moses is working through us in an ever-increasing glory. He had a fading glory because it was an external glory. We have an increasing glory because the springs of the Lamb spring up in our hearts. John chapter 4, Woman at the Well, it is written, and it's a gushing spring that springs up in us unto what? Eternal life. If your mind hooks into the springs of the Lamb, in the fountain of your heart, right in your belly, you cannot age. So, I mean, we're all dealing with our own pride. Seriously. And we say, oh, we're not prideful. The standard is God himself. We can't see many of the areas of the weaknesses in our own hearts. We think we see, listen, I don't care if you're the most senior prophet of senior prophets. You need to put your whole life in the springs and get washed. There is a lower still reality until there's nothing left in you except Christ and the springs of the waters of life so that anyone that comes around you gets completely whacked on the living waters. That's how you know how humble a person is, is how much of his virgin, humble, humility springs are springing up in their hearts through their souls. That's what purifies you unto God the Father's level of burning holiness. That's what makes you bright is your virginity. Virginity is the key to the upper pool. Those who rise into the upper pool become the 144,000. We're already there. From now on, our job at Red Letter Ministries is to raise people up into the upper pool. How? By drinking the living waters. Why do you think we've been drinking so much? That's all we do. Drunk in glory, drunk in glory, drink, 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 drink. Because that's the only formula of the new covenant. There's nothing else here. Revelation, even all the scriptures, all the prophetic insight, all the stuff that's in the charismatic church, and a lot of it's really good stuff. I love the prophetic. I love so many other ministries. But none of it matters if we don't keep the river the main thing because it's the thing that fulfills all those words. Every person I've ever known has told me they've had all these prophecies, but hardly 
any of them have come to pass. I know a few people that are in the living waters that know how to drink. They get prophecy fulfilled all the time because they drink so much. But the ones that haven't been taught how to drink rarely get any word they've ever been given fulfilled in their life. And it's just hope deferred, making the heart sick. Another thing on the shelf, they get discouraged. They go back to alcohol. They go into immoral relationships. That's why people sin. People sin because of a lack of the living waters when they hear God's word. And if it's not mixed with the substance of faith, which is the living water, it will never come to pass. You have Hundreds of thousands of prophetic words just hanging in the atmosphere, waiting for someone to drink them and mix them with the substance of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What's the substance of faith? The living waters. You have to drink faith. Faith is a drink. You could never muster up faith to have anything manifest in your life apart from drinking. It's amazing to me that how Satan has kept this whole drinking revelation away from people. You could even tell them to drink and they still won't drink. You could even demonstrate prophecy fulfilled by drinking and they still... Why? Because it it costs you your pride. That's why they don't drink. That's why I've been telling you a lot of the same stuff every single week for 12 years and you still only have 300 drinkers in the whole planet. Because very few people are willing to humble themselves and come to the waters and become selfless. Drinking the living waters removes the lie that you have an independence, that you have a self, that you have a soul. Oh, I don't, yeah, you have a soul, that your soul is something apart from the waters. Drinking removes the selfishness of the soul and brings you into unity of oneness and, and union level glory with God the Father himself. Meaning, if you are not willing to become selfless like crystal clear liquid, the living water is your enemy because you're still something in your own eyes. You're still a good person. No one's good except the living waters. Until your soul is crystal clear and sparkling with a river flowing through it, you're prideful and self-righteous. You're an antichrist. You're full of Satan. It's true. How do we get all the pride of the red dragon out of us? How do we get all the pride of Cain, all the pride of Leviathan, whacked all the pride of mammon and all the pride of self-productivity and everything I can do, me, 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 I did this, I did that. You hear it all the time. It's like, I worked hard. I put my blood, sweat, and tears in there. You didn't put your blood, sweat, and tears in there. You worked within the curse apart from the living waters and you killed yourself like a fool. There's no reward for working the curse. Jesus died on the cross to remove the curse of the sweat and toil of the ground, meaning anyone that does activity apart from the living waters tramples his blood sacrifice underfoot as a blasphemer and an antichrist. And they want rewards because look at all the stuff I've done against the blood of Jesus, against the works of the river of life. It's like, Praise Satan is what you're saying. Look at all the stuff I've done. I've worked so hard. Why did you work? Because you worked in the curse. If you were to get into the water and repent and become real Christians, this water would do your works. Jesus Christ said, I don't do the works. The Father in me does the works. Who's a Christian? Those who are exactly like Jesus in every way that surrender their ability to do stuff, curse of the fall, building up pride, ego, by what I can do apart from the water, sacrificing the sinful nature of the lie that there's a me, an ego, a self, 
and letting the water do the works, those people are the ones that are persecuted because they're tapping into the new covenant. They're tapping into what the blood of Jesus purchased, a river of God the Father operating through them that does all the works. And there's angels in the waters. And people don't believe in this realm because they've never seen any real Christians in their entire Christian lives. Not real Christians. Not what Paul walked in. Not what Jesus walked in. Not what Barnabas walked in. (laughs) Not what Timothy walked in. They've seen a little bit. But almost everyone in the world right now has a Jezebelic perspective of Christianity. And by Jezebel, I mean carnal Christian. The seven-headed beast riding witch of Revelation, which is Jezebel. People that have a self and all their Christianity is about the soul instead of the river. That's what the Whore of Babylon is. Members of the Whore of Babylon serve their own souls riding a seven-headed beast, which is the carnal mind with all the blockages that the river doesn't flow through. Because the interior castle is seven blazing torches, seven streams through the soul. The seven spirits of God, the glorified rainbow soul that God the Father can perfectly conduct in all of His living waters through the soul with no blockages. But instead of having the flow of the river through their souls, they have a beast in their soul, a blockage. That's what makes Christianity still about self instead of the Father doing the works through self being sacrificed, crucified with Christ. It's a total opposition gospel that most Christians hear and believe in the world. That's why the sons of God are so persecuted, misunderstood, and why we still only have about 300 people on the whole planet that even get this message. Because you're coming out of Babylon the Great and the potent sorcery of false Christianity that says Christianity is still about you instead of about the river. The Great Awakening is the transition from the carnal mind to the mind of Christ in the gushes of the fountain of the Lamb. And they'll rejoice. This is what causes never-ending jubilee. There's not going to be punishment. The punishment is the removal of death and hell. We're only going to punish Jezebel. We're only punishing the principalities. We're only punishing the darkness. The nations will roar in joy. The nations will drink the living waters because this has been hidden from them since the beginning of time. The restoration of all things. The healing of the nations with the river of life and how the river works through our hearts and minds to heal this world. Through the lower pool and the upper pool. Amen. The rivers of life flow out of Eden. They flow out of our hearts and they fill the upper pool that rains the glory from above and they fill the lower pool that springs the glory from below. And all the nations will drink and have their feet washed and their head washed and their blood and their brains washed with the living waters of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit's glory for a thousand years of heaven on earth in the name of Jesus Christ. Partner with that vision. Magnify this ministry. We're reaching millions of people with your support. You can see our global vision at redletterman.com and how your finances go to reach millions of people every month with this gospel that's transforming civilization. Donate at redletterman.com and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.